THN is brought to you by Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. Listen nerds like you and Floating Bunny head creator Jonathan Sims. Head to Skelenaut.com today to see John's comics, shirts, art prints, and more. That's S-K-E-L-E-N-A-U-T dot com. Ah, cha-cha-cha-cha-cha! Broadcasting from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is our pleasure to welcome you to episode 543, a more polite episode of the Two-Headed Nerd Comic Book Podcast. There will be no yelling, no cursing, no bad words, no dick and fork jokes. Why the fuck not? All right, fair enough. My name is Matt Bob. And I'm the Internet's Joe Patrick. In this week's episode, we put our review spotlight on Chastity, number one. Why? Saddle. And Trees, colon, three fates, number one. Ladies have to have a chance, too, okay? Sisters are doing it for themselves these days, all right? <laughs> After that, we'll review eight more of this Wednesday's September 11th comics. You sound like a Virginia Slims ad. <laughs> During the ludicrous speed round while killing some damn locusts. Then it's down to the teach and Sanctum Sanctorum, where we'll be enjoying a hot stone treatment to loosen things up a little bit while we rap about our must-read picks for next week. And... Finally, Mr. Harvey Locust. Challenge. Harvard, Harvard Locust the third. Oh, pardon me. Harvard Locust the third, the official THN quiz master, challenges us to a blackest night multiple choice test to celebrate 10 years of blackest night during our Ask a Nerd segment. It's, it's all happening on this very emotional color spectrum of an episode. But before we get all hot and bothered... We better talk about this week's big news, baby. It's called nerd news. Nerd news, baby. <laughs> I don't know what emotion I'm supposed to be feeling. I've done this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. From the Disney Plus desk, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse actor Haley Steinfeld has been offered the role of Kate Bishop in Disney Plus's upcoming Hawkeye TV series. This news comes from Variety. Fine with it. Love it. I, th- I didn't think about it until wasn't they... This, wasn't this already rumored? No, oh. there was uh, there was nothing except for that that Disney uh, girl uh, that was like an archer. That Disney. We talked girl. about it. Remember? Oh that, yeah, that's yeah. right. We did talk about her. Um, but yeah, once they said Haley Stainfield is is in talks to play Kate Bishop, I was like, fine with it. Yes, fine with it. That's perfect casting. Yeah, screw you, Archer girl. Uh, the Hollywood trade reports. So what? You can shoot arrows. <laughs> Who cares? It's all gonna be CGI. Were you in the remake of True Grit? I don't think so. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Hollywood trade reports that Steinfeld, who voiced Gwen Stacy in Into the Spider-Verse, has the part. If she wants it, she'd be portraying Clint Barton's protege as an avenging archer who, in comics, is also a founding member of the Young Avengers. The big rumor is that phase, what phase are we going into? Phase four? Four? Phase four has a big focus on ramping up towards the Young Avengers. Yeah, you got to do it. They're going to do it. It's too obvious. Because we need to do another Avengers we movie. Because we have a grown-up uh, Cassie Lang now. Right. And they're going to do another Avengers movie, but you cannot do it with, like, the replacement Avenger. It just wouldn't work. I mean, there are so many heroes. Like they, I get it. The Avengers are, have, like, hundreds of members. I get it. So, like, I don't need the same six characters, but... Call them a shot. You're going to get a Patriot. You watch. Black Captain America. Patriot. You watch. I think it'll, yeah, I think it'll just be Captain America. Well, yeah, he'll start off as Patriot, and then he'll be Captain America. Why? Because Sam's not going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it for a little bit, but he's not going to like it, just like he did in the comics. You watch. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if that's how it went down. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this is great casting. I hope, I hope it goes, uh, goes through. Um, she's great. 
She, uh, she was awesome in Bumblebee. That movie is was overlooked. That movie, very good. That movie was so much better than it had any right to be. Yeah. Good uh, God. And as you mentioned, she uh, first appeared. I think it was her first movie. She was in the True Grit remake I at think, like age ten I or something. She was older than that, but yeah, I, I think that was her first film. Uh, that was Coen Brothers, right? Yeah. She, she was maybe thirteen or something. But. Well, she's not that old. So she was like fifteen years old. Came out in yeah, 2010. 14, 13, 14. There you go. Uh, I think it's perfect. Yeah, no problem with this whatsoever. Uh, absolutely. And she's a good actress. She's already proved it. I think she'll be great. Me too. Eat shit, Archer girl. Yeah, sorry. From the Suicide Squad desk. Not the shitty movie Suicide no, comic Squad book, desk. Comic book From movie. the comic book Suicide Squad desk, a new Suicide Squad ongoing is scheduled to launch this December with new people in charge, and we're not just talking creators injustice Two writer tom taylor come on he's also written good stuff he look okay. people say that that injustice comic is good it i just nuts. don't play injustice it was totally nuts they did introduce the whole like what was it he zam which was like the he-man shazam there was crossover. a masters of the universe whoa that was justice crossover comic <laughs> uh he wrote all new wolverine which was excellent he Wonderful. writes he writes Wonderful. x23 which yeah. is excellent an artist bruno redondo i don't know him reunite for a new version of Task Force reunite for a new version of Task Force X. Task Force X. Jesus. With Amanda Waller replaced with the publisher, what the publisher describes as an all new and mysterious leader. Are they going to kill Amanda Waller in event or, or event Leviathan? Uh, maybe. I think they are. <laughs> they might be. This squad's new mission is to neutralize a new group of international super terrorists known as the revolutionaries. And not everyone on either side will make it out alive, reads DC's description of the book. But... When the U.S. government's most deniable team of anti-heroes realizes that the surviving revolutionaries will be joining the squad, that's when the fireworks really begin. Yeah. So we're going to know who these revolutionaries are. They're not going to do it with new characters. That's uh, yeah, I mean, definitely not. They'd be like household comic book names like Zebra Man. But, oh, Zebra Man. <laughs> uh, As with the previous volume, Harley Quinn and Deadshot are the two core members of the team, but from the looks of Ivan Rice's cover, they'll be joined by The Shark. I don't know who that is. Me neither. Zebra Man? No. I mean, I know who King Shark is, but that's not the same. Yeah. The Cavalier. The Cavalier is a Batman character, I believe. Uh, like an obscure him. Batman character. And Magpie. Also an obscure Batman I remember Batman Magpie. Villain. I know Magpie. Yeah. I don't know why I know Magpie. It's going to be a double-sized 499 Suicide Squad number one, and it is scheduled to debut December 18th. Do we care? No, but I, I do. like Tom Taylor. I like Tom Taylor. That's why I care, and I want to care about the Suicide Squad. I do, too. I really do, and I feel like this could make me care about the Suicide Squad again. Yeah. We're going to discuss it in a little bit here when we get to our reviews, but like Killer Croc was just discharged from the Suicide Squad. How does that work? <laughs> like, I thought you, Did he serve his time? I thought you go to the Suicide Squad <laughs> to die. I don't know. Hence the name. I don't know. I want to care. I want to care. And I feel like this could make me care. Ivan Rice is great. Tom Taylor is great. I don't care for Harley Quinn there. Ivan Rice is I, just doing the covers, but... I get it. I'm embracing yeah. it. Whatever. It is what it is. Tom King has been tweeting out like a series of character sketches as like a teaser for this news. And I, as far as I knew, all of those characters were brand new. So I don't know. Like, we, maybe we some of these revolutionaries are all new characters. We shall see. But yeah, like you say, I want to care. Make me care, Tom. Hold me down and make me care. <laughs> <laughs> 
From the Marvel desk, the story behind the publisher's recent series of incoming teasers has been revealed. A one-shot with a vast creative team that focuses on a murder mystery of tremendous proportion. So technically from the Marvel incoming desk. From the Marvel incoming desk, gotcha. yes. Gotcha, okay. Uh, it's on, a new desk. Yeah, it's a different desk. <laughs> we have a lot of desks yeah, down here. we've got to hire somebody new. On the most recent episode of their pull list video series, Marvel's Ryan Pentagos describes incoming as, quote, a puzzle of a story that begins with a murder, but escalates to a cosmic scale. You mean moida. Moida. Yeah, there you go. Pentagos invokes the text of all the previous incoming teasers aside from the very first, which showed a silhouette probably of Hulkling of the Young Avengers holding a big sword. We talked about this on cover to cover. Uh, but that one, that first teaser did not have the puzzle piece motif of all the other ones. So all this maybe they came connected? up with a puzzle idea later. So it turns out all this shit is connected. We, I guess we don't know. Here's Marvel's full description. A mysterious Moida brings together the heroes of the Marvel Universe in the search for a killer, but no one can imagine where the trail will lead or how it will affect everything in 2020 and beyond. Who is the victim and who is the assailant? The closing chapter to Marvel's 80th year, which will connect the dots of everything that happened in 2019 and propel the narrative into the year that is to come. Really? It's going to connect the dots of everything that happened everything, in 2019. Everything. Absolute <laughs> carnage. House yeah. of X. All of it. Everything. Yep. All connected. Uh, featuring the Avengers, the FF, the X-Men, the Guardians of the Galaxy, Daredevil, Spider-Man, the Champions, Agents of Atlas, Valkyrie, the Immortal Hulk, Jessica Jones, Venom, Ghost Rider, the Masked Raider, and more. Pat Gleason's doing the cover. Humberto Ramos and Jim Chung are the first named interior artists. That's crazy. Nearly a dozen writers are named for the one shot, including Al Ewing, Dan Slott, Zdarsky, basically everybody good at Marvel. Is Jim Chung done with DC then? Jim Chung has been at Marvel for a long time. I thought he defected and went to DC. No, I don't think he's exclusive. Oh, he's just doing both. He was just doing like random issues of Justice League. He did some DC work. He did some DC work, yes. Uh, Marvel also announced several new series in the video, including new minis for Spider-Ham and Cosmic Ghost Rider and a relaunched Doctor Strange subtitled Surgeon Supreme. Mm. Writer Mark Waid continues the story of Stephen Strange entering a new era where the former surgeon's long injured hands are miraculously healed. Okay, time out. Haven't his hands been fine no, for a long he's time? He's always had like like you don't see it on the comic page. It's not like they illustrate him shaking, but right. like he doesn't he doesn't have the But he's doing all the magic bullshit he But needs like to do. he didn't have the fine control to cut to, to surgery. So he's gonna go back into surgery. Well, here's the story. Okay. Uh, miraculously healed, enabling him to cut on people once more, just in time for an uprising <laughs> of demon possessions. Cut on people. <laughs> and he'll square off with a returning wrecker infused with new magic related to this new problem. Wade will be joined by so he's Kev- going to, like, remove a hemorrhoid from the wrecker. Yes. Okay. He's just going <laughs> to wreck him. He's not angry. He just has a flaming hemorrhoid. <laughs> <laughs> Wade will be joined by Kev Walker, who illustrated an issue of Jason Aaron's Doctor Strange. Back we in love Kev Walker. We I love him. Kev Walker. Uh, all of these new books launch in December. Um, incoming, whatever. I don't know. I'll read it. We'll I just, see. Yeah. It's all going to be Mask Raider related, right? It's a lot of Mask Raider. I bet Mask Raider is going to be like the through line. Yeah, spinning out of 1,000, yep. obviously. Yep. We don't know who's dead, but it's going to be somebody we forgot, is my guess. Gwenpool. I hope so. <laughs> uh, but I'm into this Doctor Strange idea. Like the whole, it, I don't know why they need to relaunch it, but they're going back to like that old school 60s and 70s era uh, logo type. It's very cool looking. I wonder if that is something directly related to what's going to happen. The lettering? Yeah. 
like they're hearkening back to something that took place back then that we're learning about because everything with the Masked Raider is also very old from Marvel's past as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. A lot of this stuff. And like, just like we said with the Hulkling and the Kree Scroll War, like it sounds like it sounds like they're reaching back to a lot of old stuff. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, it, they're in anniversary mode. Yeah. They're revisiting their right. history. I'm curious to see where this goes. Yeah. I think it could be fun. I mean, Mark Wade's Doctor Strange is pretty good, so it is good. I'm happy I to like see it. Continue. I caught up on it recently. It's very good, so I'm excited. Yeah. That is your nerd news for the week, but I'm sure we missed plenty of other stories while scheduling our proctology appointment with the Surgeon Supreme. He's very hard to get into. So hit He's us. Up. So good at what he does. Very popular in demand. <laughs> So hit us up on the THN Forum's Big News section, or better yet, tune in to Cover to Cover Live every Saturday where we broadcast on our Facebook page from 11 a.m. to noon Central Standard Time. It's like Howard Stern if he wasn't a pervert, but for nerds who want to have sex with cartoon characters. Instead of porn stars. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so call us at 402-819-4894 or click the Call Now button on our Facebook page. If you can't be there live, leave a message or send an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. It's spotlight review time in the ziggurat where Matt and I are embracing our female vampire side and freaking out about alien invasions. Not the females freak out about alien invasions more than males. We're just doing both. We're doing, we're multitasking. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, why don't you start us off bad girl style? My review this week is of Chastity. Number one from Dynamite. It's written by Leah Williams with art by Daniel Main. 32 pages for $3.99. And here is your solicit. Chastity Jack has been kidnapped. That's her name. To the great misfortune of her kidnappers. She, along with a dozen of other young women, arrive at an audition for a prestigious New York City burlesque act, hoping to land a coveted spot in the popular show. When they wake up in chains on a spooky cruise ship in the middle of nowhere, doesn't happen in this book. They're congratulated on joining the cast, realizing they've been drugged and kidnapped by human traffickers. Chastity Jack declines the offer, Grindhouse style. This is like the solicit for the whole series. Yeah, they're pretty much giving the solicit for, I'm guessing, what happens in two and three as yeah. well. We don't quite get there. I was never a fan. Oh, your suggested soundtrack for this, by the way, is the Blade 2 original soundtrack because Chastity, she's a female Blade. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. I was never a fan. I don't know of, anything about chastity. I was never a fan of the Chaos Bad Girls, but they seem to be experiencing a renaissance at Dynamite. And it's nice to see female writers getting a chance to write a strong female character. Our star Chastity is just that, a strong half-vampire, struggling actress, fighting vamps and trying to pay her bills. Go-go dancer. As a go-go dancer. Oh, sorry, I stepped on you there. Does that still happen? Are there still go-go dancers? I mean, we have like bikini bars in Omaha, don't we? Let's just back up. What is a go-go dancer? It's not a stripper. No. It's not an exotic dancer. I always thought of, whenever I heard the term go-go dancer, I always uh, thought of like... I think of the girls that those are... Those mod clubs in the 60s yeah. with the girls in cages. Right. See, right. I think of the girls behind Austin Powers. They're yeah, like, right. Go-go dancers. Daniel Maine's art is really clean with some great action work, but it's the story choices that lead him to drawing some fairly bizarre situations. Chastity's riding her bike through NYC at super speed, launching off tow truck ramps in her costume, and also shows up Those for are just her clothes, man. Yeah, I don't. And also shows up for an audition in vamp fighting costume. I'm not blaming the art. Obviously, these were story choices. And 
I like the idea that Chastity is a real woman trying to pay her bills. Yeah. But maybe she could dress like a real woman when not fighting vampires? It wouldn't even have to be a big departure from her costume. Hell, my wife dresses like an Avenger in women's workout gear full fucking time. The dialogue here is right out of a 90s action film and really doesn't do much to leave the reader invested in the main character. I'm not saying, why can't she smile more? Nothing like that. But she was one-dimensional as hell, which works for Snake Plissken in a cheesy old John Carpenter film. But if we're updating an already one-dimensional character, maybe she could be a little more interesting? Aside from good art, there just isn't much to grab onto here. Chastity comes off as a slightly less interesting blade that doesn't carry a cell phone, which... Had she would have gotten her clean out of the main conflict in this story almost instantly. <laughs> no spoilers, but if you do choose to skim this comic, you'll see what I mean. Chastity number one just feels like a missed opportunity. I could care less about Vampirella and Red Sonia, but I've given both their solo titles and their new team book a buy it in the past two months. Any character can be interesting, even a female blade ripoff, but Williams just didn't give me anything to get interested in here. I'm giving this a skim it because it's not a failure, mm-hmm. but it's also nothing to really care about. Right. Like, I'll be honest, I was expecting something terrible because. And it wasn't terrible. I hate those chaos comics. Yeah. They're awful. Never cared about them. Um, and, like, this weird resurgence, like, some years back, they did a purgatory relaunch yeah. that we had to read and he was like who was it? that was like andy diggle and nah, somebody. i don't remember. I remember don't put that on andy diggle it was probably not andy diggle it was somebody incredible uh yeah i feel like i didn't remember if it was it was like step uh paint by numbers almost right she's like fighting vamps now i'm off to work oh nuts work's not working out oh man conflict again it's like she's like peter park uh, like young peter parker if peter parker was an asshole yeah uh yeah Flipping old ladies the bird, right? Like, yeah, that's just the thing. It's like, I, I, I didn't think that this was going to reinvent comics or anything, but you no. have a chance to take a very one-dimensional, stupid character. I'm saying it, stupid character. Yeah. And make them something interesting. It's not hard. It's right. not hard at all. We've seen them do it with Vampirella. We've seen them do it with Red Sonia. I mm-hmm. mean, there's no reason why you couldn't do it here. Yeah, I just uh, it it didn't it didn't click with me. Um, uh, like you said, it was not bad, and I liked the art, so I'm giving it a skimmit as well. Joe Patrick, better up, baby. Better up. I'm reviewing Trees: Three Fates, number one from Image Comics, written by Warren Ellis with art by Jason Howard. It's 24 pages for 3.99. Ain't no ads though. Don't sweat it. Ain't no ads. Here's your solicit, the acclaim. Yeah, I already said that. Uh, they return for a brand new story of murder and ghosts in the remote Russian village of Tosca. There's a dead body by the leg of the tree that landed 11 years ago. Police Sergeant Clara Voronova, still haunted by that day, has no idea how this murder will change everything, nor what awaits her in the tree's shadow. So Warren Ellis and Jason Howard are returning to their weird, high-concept sci-fi world with a straight-up Law & Order Russia murder mystery. If you've never read Trees before, or if, like me, you fell too far behind and never finished the series, have no fear. All you need to know is that a bunch of alien pylons fell to Earth a decade ago, and humanity has been waiting for the other shoe to drop ever since. It's sort of like the world of The Walking Dead. Uh, Something crazy has happened to the world, and this is the story of regular people trying to live in the world that came after. Ellis's script has a nice Fargo vibe with a small town sheriff being faced with a grisly crime. 
The dialogue is smart, just like you'd expect from Ellis, and the large ensemble cast is full of personality. It's unclear for now how the sci-fi element will come into play, uh, but I thought the plot was interesting enough that I barely missed it. Jason Howard's art is really striking. He's got this loose, kind of frantic style of line art, like the story's being feverishly sketched out as it moves forward. D. Kniff's flat colors add this washed-out layer of greens and grays with explosive bursts of warmer color at moments of action. It gives the book a really great kind of eerie feeling of dread. Yes. Like, this world is gray. Well, that's and, what this whole yeah. world is. It yeah. is dreadful. Everyone right. is terrified and living in this paranoid world just yeah. waiting for something to right. happen. Basically. Yes, exactly. Uh, Trees is already a really compelling sci-fi concept, and Three Fates adds in an equally compelling murder mystery full of twists and conspiracies. I'm definitely sticking around for the finish this time. I'm giving it a buy it. I love Trees, unabashedly, and I am super excited for whatever they're going to do with the TV show. I think this is an interesting way. I, I feel like Warren Ellis is doing an experiment and telling stories that would be pretty boilerplate, a murder mystery, anywhere else. But when you do it in the background of this bizarre extraterrestrial invasion, mm -hmm. it is a challenge. It's a new challenge. Right, like, is the murder alien related? Right. They don't know. Chances are it's probably not. But he uses that backdrop to make the story, to give the story a whole nother level of complexity and dread and paranoia. Mm -hmm. This is by no means superhero comics. It's by no means feel-good comics but it's very well-written, Alfred Hitchcock-esque mystery. I love this book. I can't wait for more of it. Huge buy it. I also love that it's like, yes, it's sci-fi, and it's sort of a, a near future. But like the sci-fi is like, it's, it's the it's, red herring. It's only to, but and it's also like, it's the future, so, uh, but only to the point like, CSI equipment is way better. Right. You know, yeah, it's not much. like nobody's flying around in no. jetpacks. There's no ray guns. Yeah, and literally, the sci-fi is the red herring in the background. Yeah. It's, it's like, yes, there's this thing going on, but it, it may or may not have anything to do with it. Guess what? It doesn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's great stuff. <laughs> so that is a double skim it for Chastity number one and a double buy it for Trees Three Fates number one. We'll post our written reviews over at twoheadednerd.com. So struggling half-vampire actresses can call us pigs for years to come. We just don't understand. Yeah. But we need to know what you nerds thought of these comics, too, so call us this weekend on THN Cover to Cover at its new time, 11 a.m. to noon, Central Standard Time. Joe Patrick, did I tell you mid-September is my favorite time of year? Mid-September? It's the 11th. Why are you talking like that? You see, Joe, it's a very special hunting season. Okay, I get it. See, Gears of War 5 came out yesterday, and Matt is fired up. He's played every Gears story mode, but kind of sucks at the multiplayer. Don't tell him I said that. It's time to put these bugs back in the dirt they crawled out of, Joey, while we review eight more of this week's new comics during the ludicrous speed round. That was pretty good. Not right? bad. <laughs> I thought Marcus Phoenix was in the room. <laughs> right? Ludicrous speed! Go! Daddy!
<laughs> Gotham City Monsters number one from DC. Monster Town? DC Morbius Andrew Bennett saying things like, Who do I, vampire, think I am? <laughs> Croc was recently discharged from the Suicide Squad. Again, didn't know that could happen. Spinning out of the 2016 Night of the Monsters, the first DC Rebirth crossover, where Hugo Strange created giant monsters that attack Gotham, we find Frankenstein. I don't remember that shit at all. Yeah, you know why? It was very forgettable. <laughs> but it gave birth to Monster Town, a brand new section of Gotham populated by, you guessed it, monsters. Oh. Living in the only section of town the Bane isn't currently controlling. See Tom King's City of Bane storyline in the current Batman. Uh, on account of the monsters. Yeah. Only writer Steve Orlando could bring it all together, and as dumb as this idea sounds, I suppose Gotham has seen dumber shit than this. <laughs> Great art by Nahuel Pan, who draws a cast of forgotten DC monsters, including Mark Mandrill, who is an actual mandrill now. So, I'm just saying, buy it. <laughs> okay? All right. Like, I mean, I'm intrigued. Just fucking buy it. The Frankenstein dialogue is worth it alone. It was so good. <laughs> Absolute carnage, symbiote of vengeance, one shot from Marvel. This tie-in issue brings both Danny Catch and Alejandra Jones... Alejandra Jones? That was her name? Yeah. The Lady Ghost Rider back into action against Carnage himself... Ed Brisson's script is fine. It does double duty, performing a bit of setup for the new Ghost Rider series coming soon. Juan Fregueri's art is also fine, with some nicely dynamic action scenes. Overall, this issue was fine. It's fine. It might be more appealing to Ghost Rider fans than it is necessary for people following Absolute Carnage, though. Given Symbiote of Vengeance a skimmit. I kind of thought it was fun just because it touched on so much dumb Ghost Yeah, I mean, Rider it shit. was fine. Like, we're literally in this no story left behind phase right Yes, now. we are, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Pandemica number one from IDW. Pandemica number one instantly loses points for titling the first chapter after Disturbed Song, Get Down With The Sickness. New York Times bestselling author of V-Wars, Jonathan Mabry, is back with another pandemic-themed title, only this time someone has weaponized racism and created race-specific diseases oh. that will target the highest bidder's racial enemy. Oh, no. Yeah, this was very well-written political intrigue with a Tony Stark-type character assembling a team to investigate the people behind the pandemics, but it looks like it's already way too late. Great premise, great dialogue, great last page but i have to ask why does one of the character dress like damien hellstrom <laughs> he's like shirtless wearing like a trench coat it's super weird still this is a great read buy it punisher kill crew number two just in case you missed number one from marvel well i don't think we talked about number one we did not I did we this. did not uh marvel keeps periodically resurrecting the Kill Crew branding? I don't get it. It's totally goofy, and I love it. Like, I don't even care. Three cows shot me down shit. This has, like, <laughs> and this has nothing to do with the scroll Kill Crew. It's just Kill no, Crew. No, no. Uh, speaking of love, though, if loving Frank Castle, racing around the Ten Realms in a tricked-out van powered by the Black Bifrost and towed by one of Thor's goats is wrong, then I don't want to be right. <laughs> Jerry Duggan and Juan Ferreira are having a blast telling the tale of Frank's mission of vengeance for kids who were orphaned during the War of the Realms, and it is a blast to read. And it, it leads, it's, there was a panel where he just like turned to like the elves that were killing the kids and was just like, 
Oh, yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm giving Punisher Kill Crew number two a buy it. Punisher is a problematic character. People tend to like relate to him for the wrong reasons. I don't think he's problematic. But Punisher he killing is is. monsters is where it's at. Yes. It's love rad. It. Love it. King Thor, number one from Marvel. Do you like Asad Ribic painting pictures of gods and all-out battles that destroy planets and paint galaxies with their blood? Yes. What about stories and dialogue written to sound like vocals from your favorite power metal band? Do I? <laughs> then you are going to love Jason Aaron's King Thor miniseries. But if you read his Thor run, you already know that. Loki and Thor are the only two gods left at the end of the universe, and they are trying to murder the hell out of each other while bringing up family issues and smashing stars. This is bloody, mean as hell, god violence as only this creative team can deliver. And I giggled all the way through to the last page where I stopped giggling and said out loud, oh shit, buy this. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> Young Justice, number eight from DC. The teen team is still bouncing around the multiverse after getting kicked out of Gem World. This issue, they've landed on Earth 3, home of the crime syndicate. Bendis has fun with the evil doppelganger concept with each member of the team battling sinister versions of themselves. John Timms' art is pretty great. He keeps the issue visually exciting by playing with different interesting layouts from page to page. Young Justice remains a delight to read. I'm just waiting for Bendis to explain how it can still be as in continuity as he claims. I don't think it cares. I, I think he's I just either. like, yep, yeah, it's happening. Yep. Deal with it. I'm, it's a buy it, though. <laughs> it's great fun. And then the sunglasses fun. float down to his face. Yeah, you exactly. Know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Midnight Sky, number one from Scout Comics. Scout Comics. Well, there you go. Yeah. Part They Live, part Highlander 2, Midnight Sky takes place in the near Highlander future. Highlander 2, that's a bad one. Where a desperate plan to stop global warming caused violent weather change that destroyed society as we know it. And there was an alien invasion. That's the Highlander aliens, 2. Here's the thing. Aliens look just like us. Unless a flashlight has shined on them. Wow. Then they reveal their true alien faces, which left me wondering, what's so different about flashlights and other lights? Or, like... The sun. Is it only flashlights that work? The power looks to be out, so maybe flashlights are the only electric lights still working? They never really went into this part. The art was fine, but a little wonky, and I will say the artist did call himself an illustrator. The same could be said about some of the flashbacks, but I suppose they're building to a larger story. Midnight Sky has a good enough premise, but it wears its love of John Carpenter and The Walking Dead on its sleeve, giving it a skim it. The Riddler. Year of the Villain, or as we're calling it, Yoth. Yoth. <laughs> One shot from DC. Edward. N Sounds very Russian, or Klingon. Yeah, Klingon, yes. Yotov. Edward Nigma is wallowing in self doubt and pity after not getting one of Lex Luthor's villainous offers. Luckily, his old pal King Tut is yeah. there to cheer him up. They go way back. Yeah. Uh, Mark <laughs> Russell once again makes what could have been a throwaway tie-in much smarter and funnier than it has any right to be. I was like, I don't want him to take over a series. I just want him to come do stuff like this every <laughs> once in a while, and I'm fine with it. Uh, there's one panel in particular that I'm still giggling about. Uh, man, I'm going to post it once uh, people have a chance to read it. Scott Godlewski's art is fantastic. Who is Scott Godlewski? Um, he's, what has he been doing? He's great. Yeah, he was fantastic. Oh, uh, Copperhead. He was the, he was oh, the artist of Copperhead at he, Image. Yeah, he is very good. I like him. Yes. Uh, and, uh, Marissa Louise's colors really pop off the page. Godlewski's got this kind of angular, sharp style. It reminded me a lot of Brian Stelfreeze. Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, the Riddler one-shot is a great read and a bright spot in what has so far been kind of a grim event. I'm Except giving for it a the buy two it. Mark Russell books. Except that for the two Mark wonderful. Russell books. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That is your ludicrous speed round and chick squeak, chick squeak, chick squeak is the sound of Sir Krylos the Bold pushing his tiny wheelbarrow around, as seen in the pages of The White Trees, number one. This onomatopoeia of the week was submitted by Joe Rankley via Twitter. I can't say his name in another way. I'm sorry, Joe. Rankley. If you want to submit an onomatopoeia of the week, wheel it on over to any of our social media accounts or you can send it as an email to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. Check it out, nerds. I don't know why, but this guy, Jonathan Sims, a creative and talented guy, creator of Floating Bunny Head comic books and the forthcoming official THN t-shirt, the guy is super talented. He wants to sponsor this show. I don't know why, but thank Glob he is, all right? You can check out his shop at Skelenaut.com. That is S-K-E-L-E-N-A-U-T.com. For sneak attack coloring books, enamel pins, his brand spanking new Raptor tail grab pin is available right now. It's a cartoon Velociraptor on a skateboard. It looked kick ass on your war vest, like on your jean jacket and shit. And let people know you're hard. Jonathan is a talented artist, a super sweet guy. And like I said, he is working on the official THN t-shirt. I could not be more excited. We'll have details to come. Thank you, Mr. Sims. Go to Skelenaut.com. Throw all the money that you have as this guy. Quit feeding your kids. Quit taking care of your parents. Quit taking care of everything. Quit paying your rent. Give your money to Jonathan Sims. Nothing else matters. Skelenaut.com. Check it out. Mm, welcome to the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, mm, where we come to relax after hosing off all the locust guts during our slaughter. This week, it's hot stone treatments courtesy of Heat Waves Heat Gun that we built with some plans from Reddit and a few spare parts from the THN Fantastico. There were so many leftover bolts. It's weird. <laughs> it's like an Ikea table. <laughs> Matt, these seem hot as hell. You want to work out those knots, don't you, baby? Why don't we talk about our must-read picks to take my mind off the smell of burning flesh, buddy? Oh, it actually smells strangely delicious. Joe Patrick, ah. my pick for next week is... G.I. Joe! Number one from IDW, written by Paul Aller with art by Chris Evan Huis? Sure. Okay. 32 pages for $3.99. It's a light week, folks. Here's your solicit. <laughs> Tyranny is on the rise as Cobra tapples governments and spreads its ruthless power across the globe. In these trying times, desperate measures are taken. The new G.I. Joe program recruits civilian spies and saboteurs, ordinary people living in occupied territories who will put their lives on the line to strike back through clandestine but high-impact missions. Join these new recruits as they resist Cobra control, fight to make a better world for all, and find out just what they're capable of. Featuring your favorite Joes alongside brand new characters. A new vision of G.I. Joe for a new generation. G.I. Joe like you have never seen before. I want to read a good G.I. Joe I did exactly what I was going to say. I want to read a good G.I. Joe I do too. I don't know if this is going to be a good G.I. Joe comic. 
I like the premise, though. I like the premise. Cobra wins. It sounds fun. Yeah, Cobra has won. G.I. Joe is, like, more the rebellious group. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. And honestly, right now, I feel like G.I. Joe has been spinning its wheels for quite some time there. Yeah, I agree. Joe Patrick, your pick for next week, sir. My pick of the week is Spider-Man number one from Marvel Comics, written by J.J. and Henry Abrams, with art by Sarah Pacelli. It's 40 pages for $4.99. How old is Hank? Do we know? 20. 20. Okay, so it's not like a little kid. No, no, no. All right. Here's your solicitor. It's not going to be like Axe Cop. No, no, it's not going to be like that's too bad. (laughs) Here's your solicit. Who is cadaverous? That's it. That's the whole solicit. They're a finished death metal band. We established. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, The rest of the solicit is literally just about how great the creative team is, especially J.J. Abrams. Uh, uh, I don't know about that. This is not my pick because I'm excited. It's my pick because I'm morbidly curious. I want to see what goes on. Yes, we contacted Cadaverous the first time we talked about this, and I was like, can I use your music on our show? And they're like, it's about comics. Fuck yeah, you can. Oh, nice. (laughs) I was like, yeah, Cadaverous. You're not very good. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Don't burn any bridges. The THN Trade of the Week goes to Joshua Jace. Minimum Wage Henchman. Graphic novel from Comic Mix. Comic mix, but it's, it's not a word. hard word, yes. Comic mix. It's all one word, though. <laughs> it's written by Nicholas Brandt with art by Scott Arnold. It is 100 pages for 20 bucks. Now, if I do the math, I'm saying that is less than $5 a page. That's two cents a page. Two cents a page, just like I said. Here's your solicit. That might actually be true. Minimum wage. Yeah! Recent college grad Joshua Jace gets recruited into a villain corporation. Taking over the world because we care, quote unquote. A larger than life workplace comedy where a ragtag group of individuals he meets gives a whole new definition to office infighting. Introduction by Cena Grace. Uh, Good for Cena. I mean, I picked this because I am a sucker for superhero characters yeah. in real world tropes like I am too. the office meets the justice league absolutely or or yeah like uh, henchman incorporated or whatever yeah. was something we read and reviewed i love that shit totally i love yeah. it these are just a few of the comics hitting the new shelves at your lcs next week but we want to hear about how your last homosexual spa treatment went i think you mean homeopathic I don't think I do. And what you're excited to read. Head to the DGen forums and let us know what you're reading. But also, let us know what you would like to hear us review on the show. And do not forget to pre-order all your picks every week. Otherwise, your retailer might just put hot stones on your bare butt. Yikes. Sizzle. Sizzle. It's time again to play Ask a Nerd, and this time, cover-to-cover stalwart Harvard Locust III came to us with a challenge. To celebrate the 10-year anniversary of Blackest Night, Harv hit us with a 10-question, multiple-choice Blackest Night test. Matt, shall we see how we did? Harvey Locust joins us as our quiz master for our special edition of Ask a Nerd. It's a different kind of Ask a Nerd. Harv... From what I understand, you have prepared a Blackest Night multiple choice test for the two-headed nerd. That is correct. Ready when you are, buddy. Go easy on us. Fire away. All right. Well, I'll let you know the first five should be the easier ones. The second five, I went a little bit deeper in the dive. Oh, boy. I'm ready. Okay. Let's start off off with a softball. Okay. Number one, at the start of the series, 
which core only had one member? Was it the Sinestro Corps, the Indigo Tribe, Agent Orange, or the Blue Lantern Corps? Agent Orange. Agent Orange. It's Larflees. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Killing it. 100%. Well, at least we got the first one, right? <laughs> We're at 100. Yeah. All right. Second question. When the Black Lantern rings first came to Earth and started bringing back the dead, who were they unable to revive? Was it Arnold Wesker, a.k.a. the Ventriloquist? Hank Hall, a.k.a. Dove, Boston Brand, a.k.a. Dead Man, or J- I mean, Joan Jones, a.k.a. Martian Manhunter. It was Dead Man. It was Dead Man. Hold on. It was Dead Man. Wait. I remember John Jones was definitely a Black Lantern at the time because he, he was dead. Hank Hall. I remember. John Jones. Hawk came back as a Black Lantern. Uh, Arnold Wesker. Uh, I'm going to say it was Hawk. No, Hawk came back as a Black Lantern. I'm saying it's Dead Man. You mean Dove? Dove, yes. Was Dove one of the options? Yeah, Dove. Hank Hall, aka Dove. Oh, oh Don. Right. Don Hall is is Dove. Yeah, Don. Hank Hall, Hall is Hawk. Yeah, Hank Hall. Uh, so Hawk. it was Dove. Dove was at peace. They could not resurrect him. You are correct, Joe. Oh, it was Dove. Because oh, that's right. Because Dead Man came back and he was like, in, "How is my body in, walking around in and brightest I'm here? in brightest day?" <laughs> When they got the white lantern ring, Hawk begged Deadman to resurrect his brother, and he couldn't do it. That's right. Okay. Yeah, and also um, the new Dove was the only person that was wasn't a lantern who could just insta kill any Black Lantern. Yeah. When, whenever yeah. they tried to attack her, the she was girl special. one. Yeah, Dawn. instant kill. Was she a white lantern? No, she has something no. to do with her like. Oh, her that's energy. Right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Her energy. Her her peace. Her, her aura. Peace energy her aura. was just yeah. like <laughs> her chi. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She focused yeah. her chi. Yeah. Like Iron Fist, and then punched their ass. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember that. That sounds cool. <laughs> all right. Number three. Despite Blackest Night spanning all of the DCU, which ongoing series didn't have any tie-in issues? Was it A. Power Girl, B. Booster Gold, C. Secret Six? Or D, Teen Titans? Teen Titans definitely did. Power Girl. You're right again, Joe. Man, I would have guessed Booster Gold. Wah, wah. So I would have guessed that Booster was in the future. But. Uh, no, nah, because there was probably Power, like a Blue Beetle. Even though Power Girl did zombie. show up in the, in the series, she was uh, it was just in the JSA issues. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. Her series was pretty lighthearted. So they didn't really do yeah. a whole lot Fair of enough. nasty stuff. Okay. So far, you're three for three. Nice. All right, number four. At one point, one of the main Green Lanterns bore two rings of color, making him a killing machine. Which lantern was it? Was it Hal Jordan, Guy Gardner, John Stewart, or Kyle Rayner? Oh, um, was it Guy when he wore the red lantern for a minute? Very good. It yeah, was Guy. Yeah, good guy, call. guy had both the green he and the red, red rings. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they figured out they had to combine the energies to kill the zombies. Yeah, and then they were like, Guy, you got to give it up. You can't. And he was like, Rawr. Well, actually, in, in the story, uh, Kyle dies and Guy is there to witness it. And that makes him so angry. Right. He becomes, he joins the Red Lantern. Oh, and he, even though he freaks out, Red he Lantern gets ring saved. flies on him. Yeah. 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 All and right, he number the five. Christmas lantern. The Christmas lantern. The Christmas murder lantern. 
Uh, all right, number five. During the final battle on Earth, Gansett replicated Hal's ring for himself and also that of the other color court leaders to add recruits for a 24-hour period. For example, Wonder Woman became a star sapphire. Oh, yeah. Lex Luthor became an Agent Orange. And the Atom joined the Indigo tribe. Who joined the Sinestro Corps? Was it Batman, Phantom Stranger, the Demon Etragon, or the Scarecrow? Scarecrow. The Scarecrow. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> I remember because I had the Scarecrow, uh, the Scarecrow Lantern figure. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was fucking kick ass. <laughs> I was trying to buy all the black lights. Cheater. All the Green Lantern. Cheater. Figures. They were all so great. All right. The easy ones are done. Number six. Yeah, the easy ones are done. Now we're getting a little yeah. into the weeds. Crap. All right. During the initial reign of rings, some living heroes were killed and brought back as Black Lanterns. Who was the first to have this happen to them? Was it Hawkman, Red Robin, Green Arrow, or Wally West? Hawkman. Very good. Was it Hawkman? Okay. uh, Hawkman and Hawkgirl both got killed. That's right. Yep. Number seven, Blackest Night not only resurrected heroes, but it also returned dead comic titles like Adam and Hawkman. Oh, yeah. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Which series did not return? Was it Starman, Weird Western Tales, All-Star Squadron, or The Question? It was All-Star Squadron. Was it? It was. Very good, Joe. Damn. All those other ones had one I didn't remember a question one shot. I didn't remember that. There was a Catwoman one one as well. I remember that. Dago uh, cover. It was really, it's a nice, real, real nice cover. I like it a lot. Yeah. All right, number eight. When the Indigo tribe first arrived on the scene, Indigo One told everyone that any other power ring could combine with the power of a Green Lantern to sever the connection of the Black Rings. Who was the first Black Lantern to fall? Was it Aquaman, Hawkwoman, Elongated Man, or Solomon Grundy? Okay, well... This is a wild guess. Uh, I think it was. I think it was Ralph Dibney. I think, I think it was the Elongated Man too. Yeah. That's what my brain is. Because they, I know he came back to life after this. Uh, well, no, not for right. a long time. It but was, it was Elongated. But man. all right, we got it. <laughs> That's all that matters. We yeah. got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought they brought. I thought he was brought back after that. And he was fine. No, again. no, he reunited with Sue and everything no. was. No, he was not one of the characters that was returned to to life. Oh, he's back now. Yeah, but not back then. Okay. Number nine, many different core members fell over the events in Blackest Night. While all the Green Lantern rings were ordered to go to Mogo until the end of the battle, the other cores didn't have such a contingency plan. Who was the first non-core member, that means, uh, you know, somebody who was never a part of any of the other cores before, Yep. to join one of the other cores? Was it Dr. Fate, Robot Man, Brainiac 2, or Beast Boy? I think it's Beast Boy. Brainiac 2 is the guy from Legion, right? Real docs. Real docs, yeah. You tell me. You're the oh, Legion dork. I don't remember. Uh, oh. I remember Beast Boy doing something, and I know the Teen Titans were there. And I feel like he's already green. <laughs> <laughs> All the green rings went to Mogo. <laughs> yeah, but he was, you know. All right. Uh, I'm going to. Hmm, Dr. Fate. Yeah. 
Dr. Fate, Vril Docs, Beast Boy, and who? Robot Man. Robot Man. Boy, that sounds familiar. I don't know. Um... Let's just guess. I, what, I, do you, what do you want to guess? My gut, my guess, my guess is Brainiac Two. Very good, Joe. Oh. <laughs> I, I like. I don't know why, but I just have a this nagging memory of him being around. Was somewhere. he a good guy at the time? Well, he's not a good he guy. Kind of. He was part of the rebels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he's, okay. He's like a space cop kind of thing, but he's a real asshole. Right. And he was living, you know, he had uh, Brainiac 3, uh, like, had his kind of brain reset to where he, but then these guys came, the Black Lanterns came and took him and, and undid that to make him very powerful. And so. Yes. Okay. What book was that in? Was that in the main series or one of the spinoffs? That was in Rebels. In Rebels. Rebels. Number yeah, 10. I was going to say, no wow, way in yeah. the main series. That's, that's deep yeah, it's cut a deep shit. cut. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here yeah. we go. Number 10. This is for the whole thing. The whole shebang. Yep. Number 10. When Tim Drake and Dick Grayson were being attacked by their respective parents, they send Damien back to the Batcave with Barbara Gordon. Dick then asks Damien to send him a rogue's weapon, which he uses on himself and Tim to escape their parents' attack. What was that weapon? Was it one, a freeze gun used by Mr. Freeze, two, a pheromone used by Poison Ivy, three, a toxin used by the Joker, or four, the mind control hats used by Mad Hatter? Oh, shit. <laughs> well, they didn't fucking freeze themselves. Uh, they, used, they used the weapon on themselves? Yeah. You yeah. said? To, like, not be scared or something. It's either the it's well, it's not poison ivy because they didn't fucking kiss each other and then kiss their dead parents. <laughs> they would have had it in like a vial or something. You no, dummy. it would have been the lipstick. It's always the lipstick. No, dude. Um, it was the penguin's umbrella sword. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so it's got to be. I'm saying I'm saying it's, it's either the Mad Hatter's hat. It's Joker toxin or Joker toxin. And I would guess it's Joker toxin. because That would be even more shocking. I don't think the Mad Hatter's hat is going to do anything against zombies. And the Joker shit would make them. <laughs> but they used it on themselves. They didn't use it on their parents. They used it on themselves. Why would yeah, they, they need the joke? Oh. Why would they need a mind control hat to control their minds? So they're not scared. I don't know. It, it didn't being scared. Didn't have anything to do with it. They were trying to escape. Uh, used it on themselves. <laughs> Shit. It's got to be the Joker toxin, right? It's got to be. That's my guess. Joe? I'm switching it to Poison Ivy. Do you think they kissed their dead parents? I don't think they did anything of the sort. Oh my God. It was actually the freeze gun used by Mr. Freeze. What the they shit? They oh. froze themselves solid and then had dead man come in and into their bodies and, and revive them enough to break free. <laughs> what the hell did freezing themselves Wait, do? Uh, so well, they couldn't. The zombies couldn't get at them. Oh, yeah, the zombies couldn't couldn't see there because once they were frozen, they you know the zombies kind of fed off of motion. That's what they were looking. Yeah, for. like uh, they, they were. Uh, all right. right, they were like sort of like an infrared thing. So we got ninety percent, ninety percent on our black. Not bad. That's not bad. It's a strong uh, what, A. Was that in the uh, Was that in the Batman uh, mini? The spinoff mini? Yeah. 
Yes, it was. Yeah. It was the Batman movie. Yeah, boy. Yeah. That's a tough one, man. God That's damn. a good final question because that was a tough one. That is hard. Um, Harv, you might be the official THN quiz master. He is the official THN wow. quiz master. You have called the clue master, though, right? Nah, there, there's a clue master already. He, he's the quiz master. Do we have a clue master already? No, there's already a character called Clue. Master. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I was getting him a character name. But yeah, he's oh. the quiz master. Yeah, right. quiz master. The official THN quiz master. Harvey Locust. Harvard okay. Locust. <laughs> Harvard Locust the third. <laughs> Harvard Locust the third. <laughs> Perhaps you think you could stump the two-headed nerd, or maybe you have some ridiculous comic book nerd question that a couple of nerds like us are the only people qualified to answer. We would love to hear your questions. You can send them to us at twoheadednerd at gmail.com you can post them on any of our social media or you can call us at 402-819-4894 and set up an impromptu game show just like Harvey Locust did and let me tell you that kid is going places Excelsior (laughs) that is it for THN 543 and 544 promises to score much lower on the upcoming Carnage USA test. I am not prepared for that. Joe Patrick, before you're overtaken by the symbiote madness, why don't you ask these nerds a new question of the week? This week's question was submitted by Black Scorpion the Three via the THN forums. Something amazing just happened in the world of wrestling. It's true! As a new wrestling company emerged, AEW, and crowned its first champion, Chris Jericho, headlines were made when the new champ left the championship belt in a limo while he ate at Longhorn Steakhouse that night. (laughs) Don't forget, he reported it stolen. Yes. (laughs) Jericho is a veteran wrestler, and literally losing the belt of an emerging wrestling company is a big deal. He's also a veteran partier, you know? Yeah, you know, the guy likes to get into a steak. Yeah, he's got a dad bod for a reason, you know? (laughs) My question, biggest blunders. What's the biggest or your favorite blunder made by a character that should have known better? So this is not like something they messed up in continuity this is something that the character no, a, a character made a wrong. mistake like they fucked up and it had consequences yes. yes it doesn't have to be grim it can be funny whatever your favorite is we are always looking for new question of the week submissions yep. or suggestions so please hit me with them via email facebook the THN forums you know where to find me nothing is out of bounds let's go nuts let's do it yeah you know you can ask whatever you want That's there's no right. guarantee i'm gonna use it we'll judge you for it though <laughs> if you're new to this show and you're wishing a violent liquid symbiote would plug your ears so you don't have to hear any more i assure you it's only because you haven't heard enough the good news is you can hear the entire run of thn in our digital long box archive at twoheadednerd.com but hosting that many episodes it ain't cheap, baby. So we want to thank donors like Charles and Victor creator Nikolai McFist, a.k.a. Aaron Kilborn. That's I, a kick-ass pen name. I like your pen name. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to Ian Mondrick. He's at Ian underscore face on Twitter. On the successful funding of his new horror comic, Tomb of the White Horse, that dude is always pumping us up on Twitter. Not only that... He's a kick-ass Overwatch teammate. You should play video games with that guy sometime. Yeah, I would know. Never invited. You don't have Overwatch. Never invited. You don't have the game. Oh, too bad I can't get it. Oh, too bad it's out of reach. Too bad they banned Map Bomb from playing. Why don't you get the damn game Whatever. and we'll play? I don't want to be friends anymore. Where Until you, next time. Where do you, Ian? Don't step on my lines. Until next time, true believers. Remember to pre-order your comics or a retailer might abandon your control point. You this. Don't, you don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. This is the two-headed nerd signing off. 